it was just a community. Like, I think the people that went there knew what to expect. It was uh, the bartenders there were all just, they loved being there for drag. Like, like you go to some of these other gay bars and there are these bartenders and um, um, what are they called? Bouncers and like the staff that just don't enjoy being there. Like they, they, they're, they're not queer or they don't get drag or they don't like drag and they're queer, whatever it is. Um, and X, Y, and Liberty One were places that were filled with staff that loved being in that community. Hello, I am Kay Anderson, and you are listening to Lost Spaces, a podcast that mourns the death of queer nightlife. Every episode, I talk to a different person about a venue from their past, the memories they created there, and the people that they used to know. XY had a fairly short run, opening in 2015 and closing in 2018. But in that time, it firmly established itself as the go-to club for drag and performance within Vancouver, hosting events most nights of the week. I caught up with the Jewish non-binary drag artist, Rogue, to find out about their first time there, being inspired by drag race girls, and I also got a little advice about the art of sucking up. first two years of my drag was very bland, very blonde wig, um, pale, um, beige nudes clothing. Um, and then I lost the competition and kind of went, fuck it. And went into very, this like club kid phase. And that's (laughs) kind of where I am now. And so, but I knew that I always wanted to do something androgynous. So when I was picking a name, even though I was doing the same pretty girl thing all the time, I knew that I didn't want something like Jennifer, you know what I mean? <laughs> or, or Ashley or like, I wanted something like, like, Oh, like almost alien-esque like in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I chose rogue. I also liked it because it was a, um, a word like going rogue. Um, I thought that was a fun little thing I could do. I've never done anything like it, but, <laughs> or with that, <laughs> but like, if I wanted to make merch that was like, let's go rogue, whatever it was, then I could. Um, and yeah. So then when I pit, when I had all these names, I think I just vibed with rogue the most, but I actually forgot that it was, uh, I'm not a huge comic book person or, um, <laughs> or I like to just say nerd. I'm not a big nerd. <laughs> Um, in the classic way of the word. Um, I'm a huge nerd for makeup and drag, but not uh, in the classics. Um, so that's not, and, the, that's not the filter that you pick on Grindr then? Oh, no. No, no, no. I'm, I'm um, yeah. Used to be twink. Now I would say um, I'm boy next door. <laughs> <laughs> um, what does that even mean? Yeah. I don't, I don't. <laughs> Maybe, I think it means like, 
my body's not perfect, but I'm pretty. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I define it as. Uh, uh, I don't really know how to respond to that. So instead, I will change <laughs> the subject. So you said you said before that you lost the competition when you were being the pretty girl. Do you just mean that like as in general, as in that you you know you couldn't kind of keep up with that kind of perfect aesthetic? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm very good at uh, being feminine. If we're just like point blank, that's uh-huh. what it is. I'm like not a feminine. I mean, I I think I have feminine energy, but I don't think that like in the classic, like you have to sit like this to be a lady, do this to be a lady, like blah 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 blah. blah. Like I just that's not me. And I and I honestly like I I I've studied gender for like years. Like I was that like faggot that wasn't in like that wasn't out in high school that would like read about gender and women's studies and be like the straight male feminist um and then later on was the gay one and so it was just kind of one of those things where like um i didn't think that women should be held to that kind of uh standard which they shouldn't be so i just put that into my drag that like why do like, why? Like, I just thought it was, I never understood why. It was such a pressure to be, like, the exact same pretty drag queen as everyone else. I never understood that. But I, that that's what you needed to do to, like, become famous. Like, what I don't know, whatever. Yeah. But, so I was, but that was, is the aesthetic you chose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was just, um, well, because I think it was, like, my introduction to drag. I, when I first started doing drag, before that, I hated flamboyant men. Um, and I hated uh, them men. Uh, I was like really struggling with my um, internalized homophobia. And so I think I started with season six and I wanted to be friends with the door because she was a stoner. And right. I was kind of like, what, how, like, why am I feeling this way? Like, I, like, do I want to sleep with her? Like, do I want to like be friends with her? I was like, what's happening? And I, I was like, I just want to be friends with her. Like, this is so weird though, because I've never felt this connection to a such a flamboyant femme man um at the time man i guess um and like then i watched season seven and pearl <laughs> was my you have a type was yeah. was my <laughs> shit yeah it was like it was like the low voice like the 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 flase da like the long blonde hair stoner bedroom eyes like i was like holy shit and even even when i do blonde like femme looks now i it like i still take inspiration from her back then not necessarily pearl now um because she's more like natural i guess now but that like whole beginning of pearl where she was like dramatic eye and big huge blonde hair huge tits like like beige colors like like old woman mixed with like new age Tumblr girl. Like I just love <laughs> that vibe and I really related to it. And I still do. I still think that's part of Rogue. I just don't think it's all of Rogue. So I think like I pulled some good looks, did some good numbers. Um, but I think it just wasn't what I really excel at. What I excel at is like creativity and pulling, um, like different club kid things and working with color and body paint and different colored wigs and styles that's instead of just like pin straight blonde hair and like i think um ha- like getting that push from that competition to uh, and i didn't do badly like i literally made it to the finale and got fifth i think um 
but out of like a gag of girls. But oh, so it um, was an actual competition. Yes. Ah, oh, and this was just like the catalyst. You were just like, yes, I didn't oh, win. Fully. Fuck you all. Oh, I was so mad. I was so, <laughs> mad. I was so in my head and thought I was gonna win, and then um the the winner was uh, a local queen here who and actually was friends with one of the head judges and the year before the winner was a friend of the head judge and the year before the same thing so i was well on that you still of, i mean you still wouldn't have won because you came fifth yeah okay <laughs> yeah thanks a lot <laughs> two years ago but still 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 so sensitive like, about it yeah okay but like um, you know let's not let's not be mad at this person who just had the good fortune of being friends with the judge because if they yeah if okay they... <laughs> also like also if they ever i doubt that she does she's she won't listen to this but it just to clear out the name whatever but it's like she did work really fucking hard and that's a thing too that like if i was more and she's also like she'd been doing drag for like four more years than i had and like grew up in toronto and whatever so it's like this is someone who like really knows who their drag it character is like all the facets of and i think i was still figuring it out i think in two years in, i was like this um 21 22 21 whatever early 20s year old like like still trying to like figure out like being so confident that I know what I'm doing, but it's like I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And like I I had this whole other side of me that I didn't even think was possible with drag. Um and then fast forward two years later, like here I am. Like it's just it's this whole other envelope. Uh so like it was a good thing. Mm-hmm. So I had a gig the night after the finale. Um and I had ran out of foundation. Like my base, no, my highlight. What was it? I found out one of my foundations, either my highlight or my base. And wait, I, there t- the, how many foundations are there? I have three. I use three. I use a base, and then I use a contour, and then I use a highlight. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, everyone's makeup is different, but I like the really dramatic um, um, face shape changers. I don't know. Okay. Um, so you ran out of something. So I ran out and I also um, didn't want to, I was like, fuck it. I'm not, I was like, okay, well, I'll just do like this natural kind of club kitty look. I'm not going to put on a wig. I'm not going to shave. And then I did a Panic at the Disco song and it was literally my most liked picture on Instagram and my most tipped ever number. And I felt so fucking hot. I was like, wow. And then I went home and I was like, is this what I'm doing from now on? Like, (laughs) I don't like... What? Um, yeah. Yeah. Ah. And so, so that the, the character, for want of a better term, has evolved um, since then. Do you feel, do you ever feel kind of locked into that and unable to experiment outside of the boundaries that you've set yourself? Um, not now. Um, actually, okay. I think in real life and my drag, no. I do feel that way with what I'm going to post on Instagram. I do feel like my audience really likes the makeup selfies and anything else that I do just gets like no engagement at all, Um, which isn't my biggest concern right now. It really goes in waves. Um, And yeah, but but in terms of my drag, no, I really don't. Because I do think that like who I am and who I've created the past two years is just like, when you book me, you don't know what you're going to get. And I, and I say that in my booking bio thing, when people are like, 
do you have a little excerpt for us to post in the um on the website or whatever and it's like there's this line that's like from Carly Rae Jepsen to Eminem when Rogue gets on the stage you have no idea what you're gonna get because <laughs> like I could literally do like an Avril Lavigne song from like the early 2000s or I could do the new Sam Smith song like remixed by Fearless Cartel like it literally is like I could do whatever I can look like whatever and that's kind of the drag that I um feel good in but uh so okay so not to like labor on this for too long but then but do you so are you saying then that you're curating the person that's presented on instagram but you've got like a no fucks given attitude in real life yes i also at the end of the day kind of have a no fucks given attitude about instagram um but it is important to me that i share my art Mm. to like as many people as possible and the way that that happens now on instagram you like have to have high engagement which means like giving your which means like trying to figure out what your followers want and like and whatever yeah yeah and so eating the algorithm uh, exactly yeah it's a bit it's like a head fat i mean i'm not i'm like I, i i'm really sorry if i come across like i'm being judgmental or anything it's just it's just really fascinating the way that it um uh it impacts the the way you engage with the world i suppose mm-hmm. because you're you think in a very different way in order yeah. in order to yeah like oh what what is everyone else going to like um but you also then have to try and oh god i sound like such a wanker i'm sorry but then you're like you also have to try and um convey the message that you want to convey whilst also not upsetting the algorithm. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Like, that is... Like, it's... Yeah. Yes. So it's, like, at the same time, I, like, don't give a shit and, like, will just post whatever I want. But then, on the flip side, we'll be like, okay, well, do I want this? <laughs> like, like, do I... Should I post? I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, and all the, like... um I am like I'm t- so totally not not good at any of that, but I'm like fascinated by the that whole culture of the curation and the emphasis that's placed on it um, within social media, uh, and that that can become a means unto itself. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry. So, like, I'm no, it's, it's, just, it's totally boring when people talk about like, oh, social media is killing all of our values, um, which is not what well, I'm tra- it's not what I'm trying to do at all. I mean, it is though. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. But anyway, let's talk about getting messy in a nightclub and a Ooh, specific nightclub. See, I'm like, I'm bringing it to the to why we're here today. Um, <clears throat> is xy nightclub yes <laughs> so um which i just found out recently from my uh, cousin last night when we were at rosh hashanah dinner because i'm jewish um uh and it's a holiday right now um but <laughs> he was talking about um autism and we were talking about chromosomes and i was like I must have learned this in high school. <laughs> I have, I just, I recently found out again that the XY chromosome is for men. Great. <laughs> yes, yes. And that's why. And I, so I have spent 
four years in this community. <laughs> and when I went to the club XY, I, I just had no idea that, that I just went, cool, XY. <laughs> like, that is the name. There is no reference to be known from that. Um, so last nothing. night, I was like, oh, right. Well, so how did that come up over dinner? Well, there, the, the school year just started, and, and he's a teacher. So he has a kid um, who has autism in the class. And so he was talking about how, like, chromosomes and this and that and this, and I honestly didn't understand any of it. Um, but then he was talking about how, well, you know, men have this and women have this. And I was like, right. <laughs> <laughs> right, they do. Yes, yes, sure. Uh-huh, whatever, whatever you say. <laughs> okay, well, okay. Um, so so the, the nightclub XY, when did you first go there? Um, I went there for the first time. I was watching a late night show called The Chic Wall, hosted by All My Bitches. Um, <laughs> at, I think it started at 1am, if I remember right. And I, it was my first night out watching drag shows. And there was a, um, a big, huge tradition that you would go to XY to watch Legends. You would go across the street to watch um, Sanctuary. And then you'd go back to XY and watch um, and watch Sequel. And so it was the same bar owner and manager at the time, um, Jen Mickey, bless her soul. And so she owned 1181 and she owned XY. And so everyone would just, it was like, it was like a lounge versus this little small, or I guess it was like a cabaret lounge versus a cocktail lounge. So you go from this like huge stage with like curtains and like seats and booths and whatever to across the street to this like little kind of, um, not dingy at all, but just um, kind of narrow, okay. uh, longer, yeah, kind of bar with um with seats on the side and this like kind of like stage that's literally just a piece of wood um and just like this like people would just perform through like in between you and it was it was super i don't know i i don't remember exactly what night it was but i remember walking in and going like wow this is way more um put together and fancy than i thought like the the interior of that club was and it is still probably phenomenal. Like it's beautiful. It's very old, old timey, old style. It's gorgeous. Wait. So and so right now we're talking about X Y. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Which is the Sorry. bigger cabaret venue? Yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um. And so where were you at then on your journey with drag? If that was the first drag show that you saw, were you still in this kind of like, oh, don't really know about this? Or yeah. Okay. Beginning. Beginning. I don't even know if I had performed yet at that time it may have been before i did a number ever ah but like was it before you were crushing on adore delano or no 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 so that was all in my bedroom watching drag race <laughs> catching up before i even put down like i watched all the seasons before i started doing it in my face or like practicing oh okay yeah so my the timeline is like I was uh, homophobic. <laughs> then I um, slept with the guy. <laughs> then I slept with the guy who told me that not watching Drag Race is homophobic. And I was like, "No, you're wrong. I'll show you." Then I started watching it and loving it. 
Um, and then I decided I wanted to do drag. And then I decided that if I was going to do drag, I should learn my history. And so I watched all the seasons. And then, I started, <laughs> and then I started doing it. So, so, and so that was your only reference point was Drag Race. It was honestly <laughs> kind of problematic of a time, but I also put myself really into the local scene. So I think it was uh, like I threw myself in there. I like had a whole group of friends that are honestly not really, I'm not close with anymore. Um, before I started doing drag, mostly because like I just put it into like when I saw. That first episode of Queens lip syncing against each other, I was like, I have been lip sync. I was like, is this what drag queens do for a living? Because I had no idea. And they and they do and I found out they I've do. I've been practicing for this all my life. I literally was like, I have been practicing for this my entire life. Like I cannot believe I have not heard about this before. Because my only idea of drag queen is like Robin Williams in the birdcage. Like it's just it's like this old... Fast, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so when I saw RuPaul's Drag Race with these young, fashionable queens, I was like, what? Like, with like, out of drag that looked like me, talk like me, like, I was, I was, I was, I was totally in shook shock. Us. And, yeah, shook us. And I was like, <laughs> I have to do this. Like, I'm born to do this. And so when I, um, when I started going out to the local scene and going to XY... I um, I think something that really that people like took a liking to me early on that they still kind of see now is that I just have this love for drag and for the art form. Um, so sitting there at the cabaret or sitting there wherever um, watching drag shows, I will just always have a smile on my face and like we'll just be watching drag and like just I just love watching someone love what they're doing Aww. and like. If you're doing drag right, you're loving what you're doing. Yeah. Um, just like as a quick side note, do you think that like in 10 years time, every single person is going to be a drag queen? Um, no. <laughs> it's just, like It's just incredible how that TV show has inspired so many people to try yeah. it who, who just may never, ever have tried it. This is true. So yeah, maybe yeah. not. Maybe not everyone. Maybe like every second person. Mm, yeah, I think a lot of people want to do drag, and I don't think everyone should. But I do, <laughs> but I do think, and I know that sounds shady, but I do. I do think that drag is for everyone. It's just a question of whether or not you want to st- make it a um, a business. It's very similar. I think of it very similar to YouTube, where. It's like, you know, it can start off as a hobby, as an art form, as a expression. And then it's kind of like comes to this moment where you're like, okay, am I going to make this my business? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Because I had that kind of shift as well um, around, like, it was a bit, it was, uh, I think, a year and a half in where I was starting to hustle. But then it was like a year after I started doing Club Kid stuff where I was like, or not even a year, but a year after that. So like two years in, um, I was just like, you know what? I need to start making real money from this. And of course you have to, and you have to pay your dues as well. And so that's like a thing that I really wanted to, um, take with me when I, cause I, I don't know, I guess I'm just that type of person that really doesn't want to make a bad first impression. So of course, before I go to all these drug shows, I 
watch all these videos of like what to do at your first drag show, like what to do as a first drag queen, like what to do, blah, 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 like how to not insult the queens, how to not do this, how to not do So like, it's like me being very careful and like dropping off my bag and changing the bathroom instead of the back room. <laughs> Cause like, I don't want to upset the queens. Mm. Um, and so I just like really tried to like, um, pay my dues and come to all that. Like I went to all the drag shows for like, at least like, a good six months, I went to, like, almost every single one supporting the queens. And, like, I would I would wait, like, the first month or so so they would see my face before asking to be a part of it. Um, and then, you know what I mean? Like, and then I did, yeah, like, yeah. a competition. Then I did another competition. And that was... And then the third one, which I won. So that was how we're ending it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So I think, like, when I was in XY, trying, trying to get back to XY... I think, like, when I came to XY for the first time, I was really on edge because I wanted to make a good first impression. And then it was kind of just the vibe of the bar that you that you just feel good. You feel at home. Like, you feel, it felt comfortable. It felt like... Like when the drag, when the host was saying something on the stage and everyone was screaming and laughing and the people in the corner were making out and the people over there were like painting each other's nails in the booth while having like tequila. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it was just one of those moments where like it seemed like this was a bar that people went to every single night and created a community there. And that was something I'd never experienced. Like I was saying before, like I had this whole other group of friends that weren't inside, that weren't a part of drag at all. And then when I threw myself into here, it was just like all or nothing to me. Like I really wanted to make a good first impression. I wanted to go all these shows. I wanted to like hustle, hustle, hustle. And yeah. Mm. So um, I don't know how to ask this without. Uh... Just do it. Yeah. I have tough skin. <laughs> so like you just kind of immersed yourself in the scene. Did you just abandon things from before? Yeah, so I worked at a summer camp and grew up at a summer camp that was very into, like, social justice. Sorry, I just got excited about summer camp. Sorry. Go, carry on. Oh, no, 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 it's all good. (laughs) Um, And it actually, there's a branch of it. It's an international, like, movement that has summer camps in different places. They actually have one in the UK as well. Um, When I went on a program traveling, I met the UK age group of me, whatever. Um... And so um, it's called Hagarim Drawer. It's like this Jewish socialist um, whatever thing, um, movement to like strike change, whatever. I don't know. Um, so I grew up going there. My parents met there. I worked there at the summer camp as a, as a um, adult. I was the, Jew- I was the junior counselor, counselor for fuck's sake, for like the second last year. And then I started doing drag a lot and like trying to, put that in and they were it wasn't necessarily like they weren't interested in that but they had a lot of things on their plate that they wanted to um get done (laughs) with the world and drag was not really (laughs) on that and so i kind of had to just realize that like these are friends of mine that were really close by association and by convenience and by Mm. you know time and growing up with them but at the end of the day, if we think about and we like look down at the base of what um, I, uh, who I am as a person and who they are as a person, who majority of them are straight and w- like privileged and go to university and whatever, um, I was like, you know what, that's that's not me. 
And so I, for a long time, invited them to these shows and asked them to come out with me and because I was nervous about going alone and whatever. And it was it was repeated offenses of no, no, I can't, no, no, no. Then I that I finally just realized like I need to I need to make new friends mm. and I need them to be um, involved in my life. And mm. it's not it's really not like I have bad a bad oh, pizza yeah, I'm no, out with them. You yeah, know what no, I mean? No, no, absolutely. It's just that weird thing, isn't it? Like of of um I guess, like, you know, looking back, you're you're like, of course they wouldn't come with me. Like, why would they? Um, but when that is your whole world, there's this kind mm-hmm. of na- naive sense that they want to expand into areas that you want to expand into. Um, and that's just not true. But it's heartbreaking, mm-hmm. it's heartbreaking isn't it? Just to, like, it is. recognize your blood one out and have to strike out. Yeah. And I'm a pretty direct person, so it definitely didn't go down. Silent. You are? I'm a pretty... Yeah. Yeah. Shocking. <laughs> um, so, it was, yeah, it was a few months of... of um, blah, 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 blah. And they'd be like, blah, 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 blah. And I'd be like, you need to support me. <laughs> and whatever. Whatever, messy. But... Let's get back on it. I sorry, so, I ramble okay. a lot. Yeah, and I'm just getting a bit of a sense here that you have a temper. Okay, I don't have a temper. <laughs> I I just I um I'm aggressive. So I think that like when I want to like if you Fourth if you right? had like yes <laughs> like I think like if you had done something that upsets me I'd be like. Before getting really upset, because, like, that's the thing, too, is that some people will just take me as aggressively being, like, hey, just so you know, that upset me. Can we please not do that again? Like, like, I take this really personally, blah, blah, blah. Some people would take that and think that I'm getting mad. Meanwhile, I'm, like, you have no idea what me mad looks like, honey. (laughs) Like, I... Like, um, like this is me asking politely and letting you know that that bothers me and don't do it again. And then if you do it again, then I'll get angry and have a temper. But I just, I, I just feel like I, um, I treat people well at the end of the day. If, if it, like, even if you don't give me anything, if you don't have anything for me, like I'm not, I do like to like, climb the ladder of whatever but just (laughs) just literally just literally to be able to get bookings like it's not to step on over people if i can hold my friend's hands while i climb that stupid superficial ladder i would gladly do that like put on my like like throw them on my back i don't care like you know what i mean like i'm not trying to step on people but Mm. i do think there is a um a way to get bookings and that is it's it is just to suck up to people sometimes and so that is like a reality but um there are people that just can't handle the direct truth and so i um don't necessarily vibe with those people that well (laughs) but you know we just have to make it work and so sometimes when yeah so anyways no temper but aggressive okay all right all right um said in jest by the way uh so going to xy you weren't going with with your friends you were were you going like on your own or had you made friends by that stage i would have i would have figured out who 
from that show, I would have known. And so I would have known that when I was going there, I would have had someone. So I'd like to hang out with. And so it was a mixture of some nights that I um, went there, did the number, and then said thank you and then left. Um, because at that time I wasn't getting paid even. So it was just like a spotlight getting my name out there. Mm. And um, I make sure of that versus like, you know, I like ran into this guy that I knew from Tinder years ago. And so he's like, oh, you do drag now? And I go, yeah. And he's like, hang out with us. And I say, okay. And so like kind of just building that kind of familiarity within the scene mm-hmm. as well. Um, and so, okay, so your first time performing there, tell me about it. Oh my god, I was so nervous. Um, I don't remember what song. I- oh, you know what I do? I did "Want You Back" by Cher Lloyd. <laughs> um, the one that's like, oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's sound like a helicopter. Um, anyways, I she um, I done a show across town, and I and like like I said before, sequel happened on like one a.m on the Sunday. And mm-hmm. so it was like kind of a late night. Maybe it was 2 a.m. I definitely moved, got moved to 2 a.m. I think at this time it was 1 a.m. Um, it was supposed to be like a late night drop-in show. And so... Um, Wait, what does what does a late night drop-in show mean? Like no one's paid for it. Oh, okay. So there's like a... Like I an mean, open mic type thing? Like Oh, yes. You know okay. what? That's a better way to put it. Like okay. an open mic drag night, whatever. Yeah. And so... Um, It'd be like I'm um, like just like twenty performers, I would say. Maybe ten of them are relatively new, just getting exposure, and then the other ten are like good, or like two of them <laughs> have been booked for the same night, and then like eight of them were booked for something else, or wanted to do a song, or wanted to do something else, and were established. And in your words, good. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and so I think like. Okay, so sorry. So I did a show across town, and I was in this. Oh my god, it was so. I, I hate this look. Was so bad. Um, Ooh, it was, describe it to me. It was a lot. You know what? I probably archived it. I could probably show you. <laughs> but it's like this. I I remember I put my blonde wig behind my ears for the first time, which I was like obsessed with, and I put a little <laughs> ponytail. Um, and then I had this like giant flower, white flower just in the center, like, of my, where my hairline would be, um, but, like, on my forehead still. Like, where the center part? Yeah, yeah but, okay. like, right where the lace is, uh-huh. um, which ended up fucking up the lace, which was so annoying. Um, and then <laughs> I had this, like, bodysuit on that was um, white and skin-tight and glittery um, and French cut, and then I had white fishnets on, and then these white heels that are actually a size too small for me. So I was in a lot of pain, because um, I've realized that my feet are 13 and a half in women's, which means that when I get 13, they um, hurt a lot, but when I get 14, I have to wear extra socks. <laughs> um, so it's really, it's a lose-lose. Um, but... Yeah, I remember I, because there's curtains, and I told all my bitches, who is actually one of my really good friends now and a huge um, inspiration to me in drag in the city. Um, she was super established, super well-known at the time. 
um, just like she is now, but I was not. And I remember I, I, she was like, it's, it's just like, she was like, it's rogue. Right. And I was like, yeah. Um, and she was like, anything you want me to say? Like, and I was like, well, this is my person performing at XY. And she was like, that's exciting. Like, just like, it's 1am, not, doesn't care. Like not looking at me. And she's like, that's cool. Um, <laughs> and I was like, do you mind if you say my Instagram handle with it? And she like looks at me from her clipboard and she like kind of snorts and she's like, okay, like what's the Instagram? And I was like, it's at, it's just rogue. And she was like, like this. And she wrote it down and I was like, yep. And she was like, perfect. Cool. Yeah, I can do that. And so she, she had this intro and the curtains were closed and I stood behind the curtains and they opened and it was just, I literally don't remember anything from it um, other than the one video clip that I have which is me going um, <laughs> and yeah but but little fun fact is that within a year everyone was saying their instagram handles before being um introduced on this stage so i um, i take full credit from that because there was no other fucking instagram queen in vancouver at the time they may have had instagrams but i was the first one that was like obnoxious Follow me on Instagram. It's just rogue. <laughs> Great. Something to be proud of, the, the being obnoxious, yeah. Um, well, I think, yeah, it's part, of, it's part of the brand. It's like rogue is this annoying um, Instagram person. Like, that. It, that's that's my character. You know what I mean? And so, like, because I, I that was a part of me before I did drag. I would have this curated boy whatever Instagram um, and it was just so, once I started doing drag, I was like, oh, this, there's no point for me to do this anymore because like that part of my personality, I just put into drag, which is great because it's a business too. So it's like, <laughs> not only am I like, like getting engagement and getting new followers, whatever, but it's like, I'm also getting new gigs and I'm getting these like cool, fun bookings and whatever. And I think like, if you're going to be annoying about anything, it's, it's good to be annoying about your business. Yeah, that's true. Um, and so what is it about performing that you love? I love interacting with the audience. I love engaging. I love um, I love lip syncing too. I think it's uh, I think it's a really interesting form of um, art and expression um, because you know you're telling a story and you're ex- like in in your own way like of course you can do a ballad and just stand there but the way that people do ballads even are so wildly different and the way that people can relate to this like you know top 40 pop song that is all everywhere right now but like you see 20 queens perform it and like they all do it differently you know what i mean and that's i think that's so interesting and i think that's just, that's what I love about performing. And XY, honestly, going back to that, is made it, like, performing so amazing because not only could you walk through the audience, but there was a whole other high-rise where the bo- where the booths were that you could walk through the audience and go to. And there was a little separate stage, and there were steps, and there were curtains. It's like, it's like it was literally just the most perfect little drag venue. Well, it was a cabaret. Like yeah, it was yeah. a, I guess it was a cabaret style, whatever. So that's what it was for. <laughs> so perfect for showing off, really. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. And uh, so this was your first performance. You got your feet wet. Got your feet wet? Is that the phrase? Got your yeah. Teeth? Also to clarify, Cut it was my first. What? Cut your teeth. Yeah, anyway. 
you cut performed. your teeth. No, no, I definitely think it's the feet one. Um, I think you can use both. Maybe in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can just say anything and say, yeah, it's British. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, and then, so how did you build from there? Is it, is the scene that you do a few free gigs, then you get a booked gig or how does, how do you make your way up? Um, uh, I mean, there's different people who get booked for different things. So like if there's someone who came on the scene and was super talented from the beginning, um, with like this cool new trick, um, then I think people would be reaching out to, to get them booked. Whereas for me, I was a pretty classic, like, I think if I was doing what I'm doing now back then, I would be getting reached out to be booked, but because I was different and cool and new and exciting. But back then I was not, I really wasn't. So I was just this twin and this other, I was like this attractive boy twink who did drag. It's an attractive girl that like, you know, was blonde Mm. and wore like pantsuits from Topshop. And, you know, like it just wasn't like, wasn't breaking the mold. Mm. And so people weren't breaking their backs to try and um, book me. Mm. And so what I had to do was pay my dudes, like I mentioned before, and kind of um, reach out to these people, these, um, these, it's drag queens. It is drag queens that do the bookings in Vancouver. So majority of them. So you have to like really um, make friends with them and like figure out who does the weeklies, um, figure out who does the monthlies, figure out, who um, who likes wait. you? Who doesn't? So wait, what's the weeklies and what's the monthlies? Like weekly shows and monthly shows. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, I don't <laughs> know why that was hard for me. Yes, okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so, it was like from there, it was um, that like that wasn't necessarily a big deal for me getting booked necessarily, but it was a big deal for me to be booked by Alma mm-hmm. and to be performing on that stage because for me. Um, I love being really comfortable with a stage. Like I performed at another bar at a weekly show um, since January and, and getting to know that stage was, and I already knew that stage from working and doing shows there for like four years, but from um, doing it every single week, you get to really know like the tips and tricks of like the curves and swerves of that stage. And it seems so, it seems like you don't think of that, but then when you, have a wig on and a corset and nails and a pound of and pounds of makeup and heels on and there's an audience and you have to lip sync and remember the words and you have to dance and there's people looking at you and there's lights on your face. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Everything is really blurry and you have to like really you have to know that stage for yeah, it to yeah. look like you are just sailing along. In control. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I want to get some um advice from you about sucking up okay <laughs> what, what's your approach um i just like to be really real so like i said before so i'm not gonna say anything that i don't mean so if someone looks good i'll be like oh my god you look great um if someone looks bad just you know like saying it's good to see you <laughs> um <laughs> you're looking like, think- alive yeah yeah, like I think a lot, and that's I think what I think it took a little bit for people to get to know me in the scene because I am a little bit reserved and I am. Um, wait, wait, you're reserved. Okay, in social interactions, um, when I don't have friends, yes. Okay, okay, no, 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 I get that. Sorry, 
Sorry, yeah. I'm sorry. No, don't don't apologize. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just like I'm aware how, how obnoxious I'm coming across at this call. Like, hang on a minute, you've got a temper. Hang on a minute. Yeah. Anyway, so carry on. <laughs> um, I think it's just like I think. Sorry, what was the question? However, sucking up. How do you suck up? Right. So you're a little more reserved at first. A little bit more reserved, and so I think people thought that I was. Um, this hidden bitch. Like, I think people really thought that oh. I was talking a lot of shit behind people's backs because I was nice to their faces. And so for a long time, people like didn't really know what to do with me. And then, um, ever, until I did my first competition, people were like, Oh, you're just kind of awkward in person. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you're not like, you're not actually rude. You're just like kind of awkward. And like, and like you're just actually nice, and but you don't want to like overdo it to seem fake, so that's why you're not like it's like triple saying thing. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it was. Um, that's how I think you suck up successfully. Successfully, success. Yeah. Succeed. Yeah, that sounded weird in my head. Um, and because I've seen them come and go, Mama, of them fucking sucking up. And then people not liking them because they're too much of a suck up and then they don't get booked and they leave and they pull a tantrum and whatever, whatever. There has been a dime a dozen of those queens that come in. <laughs> I've run them leave. out of town. Um, but... No, it's not even me. It's, it's like other people. Because I don't, if someone's like fake to me, I'll just smile and, and not engage. Like I just won't like, there's no point there for me. Like if, yeah. if you're going to not be real with me, then I'll just smile and say thank you you know what I mean like I don't have time for that see I think the problem that I have is that like if I don't like someone it's really obvious from like just from uh the first very first second yeah the get-go um and so yeah I really struggle with that sucking up thing of being like oh hey it's really nice to see you when I'm just like fuck off I really don't want to talk to you yeah I can do the smile um, where like I'll look at someone and go, mm, yeah, and because they're like, it's nice to see you, and I'll go, mm-hmm. um, but I like I stand by it, and I like I say I'll say it again, I say no lies, like I do not lie. I will white lie if it makes you feel better, but like I if I have a problem with you, and it's funny because people will say, like I could tell you were mad at this person, and in my head I'm always like, yeah, because I wanted you to. Like it's not like when I don't want you to know that I'm mad at someone. You don't know. That's why you. That's why you don't know. Like, like yes, you're right. You know when I'm mad at someone. When I want you to know that I'm mad at someone, and it's usually when I'm drunk. Like I really try not to make up. I try not to make big scenes about anything. But you know, if someone's bothering me and someone's getting in my face or whatever, and I've had a couple of drinks, then you know what I'm going to tell them. That's on them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. No temper, though. No temper. No, no temper. No, I, I, yeah. I've been told. I know. Um, <laughs> with, with thinking about the wider Vancouver scene, what did XY bring that other clubs didn't? So I mentioned before the owner, Jen Mickey, um, owned XY and the bar across the street, 1181, which is now 1181 has reopened by other management, mm-hmm. um, which is super great and fun. Um, but we will uh, go back to the Jen Mickey time. Um, so Jen was just like this ball of fun and smiles. She had like this bangs, brown hair that like, she was like a Karen, a Karen before Karens were this horrible thing. 
if that makes sense. <laughs> like she, like they kind of like talked to the manager haircut, but in bang form, if that makes sense. Like it was, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> but it was just like, she wasn't, she just was like the mother of everyone. And, you know, she like really took care of her queens. She really, um, she just paid well. She um, would always try to work with the queens versus being like, well, that's the shit on the stick and that's what you got to work with, which is what other bars would do. Mm. Um, every single night there was a drag show there. If uh, Maybe not every single night. Let me see. There's one Monday. One, two, I guess they hopped around a lot. Sometimes they were, sometimes there weren't. But majority, there was almost every single night there was a drag show and an earlier event happening. So like there'd be gay improv on Thursdays and then Thursday night there'd be some, some drag show. You know what you, I mean? Did you just say gay improv? Yeah. Is that just improv? Well, it's in the. It, this is all in the village, right? So it's. I guess it's. I guess it's. Yes, it's just improv, okay. but it's sold as gay improv. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, just um, just wanted to like you know I didn't want to get my membership revoked for not knowing what gay improv was. Well, I guess maybe it is like a thing where it's all queer people. I don't know. I don't really. I I never went. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> um. No, so um, so she just made, she tried to make the most money that she could. And honestly, I don't think, I think the rent at, at those two places were so much. And she took such good care of those queens, giving us free drinks and paying us so well that she just really didn't make enough money there. Um, so it was open for two years. And um, when it closed, it was, um, I remember actually the last night... Um, we were at 11 a one There had been a show at XY. We went to an extra hour. And then we went to 11 one which was already supposed to be closed. I mean, then we stayed there. We locked the doors. And it was, like, a huge group of us um, until, like, I think 5 a.m., maybe 6 a.m., just, like, drinking, shooting the shit. Because it was, like, she was closing both of them because she just couldn't oh. afford it anymore. And so um, – it was it was really sad for these for the drag queens and for the drag performers, of course, and 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 it was sad for her. Like she really, she was always out. She was always out having fun. She was always out with us. Her boyfriend was a sweetheart, just like this huge, lovable teddy bear um, who would always, who I actually became friends with first, not even knowing that was her boyfriend, and then just became friends with her out of like out of connection, <laughs> which was perfect. Cause I was like, wow, this is great. The owner of the bar. Um, and, uh, that's how I got my first like kind of show, um, which was called yikes. Oh no, it was called beauty and the beast. And then we changed it to yikes. Um, and yeah, it was really, um, it was like I said before, just, it was just a community. Like I think, the people that went there knew what to expect. Mm. It was uh, the bartenders there were all just they loved being there for drag. Like like you go to some of these other gay bars and there are these bartenders and um, um, what are they called bouncers and like the staff that just don't enjoy yeah, being yeah. there. Like they they they're, they're not queer or they don't get drag or they don't like drag and they're queer whatever it is. Um, and XY and Liberty One were places that were filled with staff that loved being in that community. Whether it was a queer woman, a straight woman, a trans woman, a trans man, a queer guy, a gay guy, whatever it was. Like, they all just were, were they loved it. Hmm. They were all beautiful and fit. 
<laughs> that would that be the one restriction I would say that they <laughs> that they stuck to. Um, well, but... in terms of hiring people. In terms of hiring people, yeah, there was not <laughs> not anyone that wasn't that didn't have a six pack or a hard hard set of abs, um, but but they were all just really happy to be there, which is um, I can't say that for the other bars. <laughs> um, and so, do you know what happened to Jen? What she's doing now? So Jen comes from a pretty. Uh... I think she comes from like a businessy entrepreneurial background. So I think this was like one of her many projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this was just one that kind of hit close to home that lasted for, well, I think it was supposed to be like a year because the XY is in a location where they, there have been clubs that have tried to open there over and over again. And it just doesn't really necessarily work out for a long time or at all. Um, so I think this was just her next venture and I think it happened longer and she had more of an emotional connection to it than she thought and expected. And, um, I think it was really hard. I know it was really hard for her to let go. Um, yeah, so that was, it was sad, but I, but I also at the same time haven't seen her since. (laughs) So I don't, um, I don't know what she's up to, but I assume she's, you know, doing, Businesswoman stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Businesswoman stuff. Yeah. Um, mm. And so, what did Vancouver lose when it lost this bar? Oh, it lost a lot. We um, we used to say there was a show every single night in Vancouver. Um, now, now you just can't say that mm. because because with all the bars and whatever, there would have been just a net, like oh, every single night. Um, at some point, because XY like, so would have so many one-offs or and weeklies and monthlies and on, whatever. Um, but when XY and Letterney, because it was both of them at the same time, um, and they both closed, it was like, okay, now we're down to two shows a week. Um, and that was just like... Well, like two shows in the whole of Vancouver? Yeah, yeah, for a week. Yeah. Oh, wow. With like maybe two monthlies? Yeah, yeah. But like that, and like, and of course, one-offs are like, like there are these shows that like, it's like me and a friend, we're doing this thing at this huge venue. Come by, obviously, those still existed, and um, those kind of events also happened at other things too. So people really got creative. But that's how much it was really like. That's how much she did was she created opportunities for all these queer people. and honestly, she didn't give a fuck what you did. Like, she, like, if you were a, be- a bearded queen, a comedy queen, a pretty queen, a fashion queen, whatever it is, like, a club queen, like, just do it well. And do not even well. Be successful. Like, bring people into the bar, and you're, and you're good. <laughs> so, bring, like, doesn't matter if you're a shit performer, if you bring people who are buying drinks. <laughs> yeah, like the bar is making money. Then, then yeah, until she would stay and watch the show too, you know, like she, yeah, she was just, she was an angel. She was an angel. And so then what does that mean then for your, I mean, you know, not the current situation withstanding, like what does it mean for your gigging life? Well, it was just a lot less um, to choose from. And actually what ended up happening from that was that there was this huge push in moving away from the village. So moving away from Davie Street in Vancouver 
and trying to explore different avenues and venues all over the city. So um, Eastside Studios and the Clubhouse um, really popped off, um, which are just venues that aren't in the village. And it's more alternative drag. And so all the people that would come to XY for that community aspect really, uh, honestly, I think, shifted over to um, those venues because it was just, it was this aspect of community um, and queerness that um, the other venues and bars on Davy and that bar that reopened didn't really have. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's very clear to, um, or let me put it this way, it was very clear to us with Jen that she didn't, at the end of the day, give a shit about the money. She gave a shit about us. And that is the only person, I would say, that owns or manages whatever on mm on Davy, like in the village that would think that way that makes a difference to the space doesn't it makes a difference to the space makes a difference to the um employees and the queens working which then makes a change in or affects the customers like if i'm feeling stressed about something because of the owner being stressed about something then i'm going to treat the bartenders probably not that well yeah. And then the I and then I'm the bartenders are gonna treat the customers well and the customers are gonna be mad, so they'll be watching me, and then I'll be annoyed because they're mad watching me, and then I'll be annoyed with my performance, and then I won't go back. You know what I mean? Like it's obviously not that extreme every single time. Yeah, but yeah. it is really it's this cycle. So when Jen was just like so sweet, was like, What can I get for you? Like, are you happy here? Like, do you want anything? Like, do you want like the fan on? Like, do we can open this room for you? Do you want this? Do you want that? Like just totally make like what time do you want to start like anything we wanted making sure we were all good in the hood and she um it was just like so many shows there went so smoothly and perfectly and happily and yeah it was all because of her i would say obviously there's credit to us duh but like i would say if you're gonna look at like who pulls the strings she did an amazing job at pulling those strings Aww. Yeah. It's like a love letter to her. Did you ever go to XY? Well, if you did, please tell me all about it. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook under the username K Anderson Music. Send me photos, tell me what you got up to there, and share any gossip. You can also find out more about Rogue by following them on Instagram. Their user handle is It's Just Rogue. Lost Spaces is not only a podcast, but a concept record as well. I've been writing songs about queer venues and the people who used to live their lives there, and will be releasing songs over the coming year. You can hear the first single, Well Groomed Boys, which is also playing underneath my talking right now on all streaming platforms. If you like this episode, I would really appreciate if you subscribed, left a review on Apple Podcasts, or just told people who you think might also be interested in giving it a listen. I am Kay Anderson, and you have been listening to Lost Spaces. <laughs>